Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Greatest of all time. Now, I know a lot of names come to mind in current times, but let me take a minute to tell you about mine. See, I'm talking about the greatest of all time. His name? Well, his name is Jesus. He took the pain so we could see him. He was whipped and chained to give us freedom. Took the blame in exchange for kingdom access for me and you. Hung on the cross, he was barely breathing, a sight hard to see. Looked up to his father and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And they laid him in the tomb and they thought they'd seen the last of him. That was until they witnessed the power of resurrection. See, the greatest of all time, he's a master of perfection. So I keep my eyes and heart focused in his direction. He's the greatest of all time. And if you have no idea who I'm talking about, well, I suggest you pay attention to this message and find out. Praise him, praise him. Is somebody willing to stand up and just give him glory in this house today? He's good. He's good. He's faithful. A little louder. Can can somebody just say his name? Jesus. 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 Oh, man, this sounds better than the stadium. Praise him. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to hold on to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the highest place of honor and gave him the name above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue would confess or declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Isn't that powerful? You know, after that spoken word, I said, how am I going to open? I got to open with scripture because that thing was just too crazy. It was so powerful. I don't know. Did did anybody want it not to stop? You want to keep going? (laughs) So good. Uh, I just want to welcome you once again. And, and if you could just look at the, ne- the person next to you before you do that, and you're going to say Jesus and you're going to pause. Okay, so, so do that. Say Jesus and then pause. Jesus. The greatest of all time. All right, let's try it again. Jesus. Jesus. The greatest of all time. And we today, yeah, we're celebrating uh, the, the greatest of all time, Jesus, our Lord, our, 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 uh, our Savior. And if you... If you consider uh, the, that, that term or that phrase, the greatest of all time, it, it takes us to different generations. So if I ask someone in the room who's the greatest golfer of all, a lot of people in this room will, would say probably Tiger Woods. Yeah. And if I go to a different generation, they might say Jack Nicholas, because there's some generational things that happen. If I say uh, who's the greatest football player of all time, you get a lot of different answers, especially according to your generation. If I said it here, a lot of people might say, Tom Brady, even if you don't like him. <laughs> even if you don't like him, I got you. But if you go to an, uh, my generation, they might say Jim Brown. Or somebody, yeah, 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 that's older guys, right? If I say the greatest basketball player of all time, 
See, see, it's generational. Generational. See, LeBron, Kobe, all right, you know. But when it comes to Jesus, there's no generational gap. He's the greatest of all time, yesterday, today, and forever and ever and ever, because he supersedes uh, all generations. And uh, I want to go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, where it says, The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. He sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. And that makes him so many reasons why he's the greatest. Uh, but that's one of the other reasons. If we could just leave the scripture up there just so you could take it in for a little bit. Um, we, we see over and over historians as they, they study the course of history. They keep coming back to Jesus saying that he's the greatest historical figure ever to walk on earth. Those are uh, people who believe in, in God and people who do not live, believe in God. And, and so we're talking about him because he's always going to be talked about. Even after we leave this earth, the world is going to continue to talk about Jesus. So we might as well talk about him today. He started his ministry when he was just 30 years old, and his, his ministry would last only three years, 36 months. It took him 36 months to change the course of history forever. I don't know when I say 36 months what that means to you, if it means a car payment or, or what it means to you. But what it means in Jesus' time, in that time, in those 36 months, History would be changed. The history before him would begin to point at him, was always pointing at him. And the history that was yet to come was pointing back at him. He's the central point. He's the, he, he's the center of our, of our timelines. And if you, if you have the privilege, and, and as I sat here during the worship, and the worship was powerful. How many enjoyed the worship? It was powerful. But, but I just stood just saying, can, I be, can we be friends? Can we be friends? Because if, if he's the greatest of all time, I want to be friends with the greatest of all time. And, and a, young, a young student was, was asked um, in his class, they were supposed to share about the greatest living person. And this young man, he wrote about Jesus. And the teacher said, I need to correct you. You're going to have to choose someone else because it's the greatest living person and he says, well, you don't need to correct me, teacher, because he's still alive. Yeah. In 36 months, he took 12 ordinary men, and, and he had some other disciples or followers as well. But he did life with them, and he was a model of humility, of honor, of excellence, obedience, and extreme generosity. Most of the Men he chose were rough, tough, and they didn't have great education. Yet the life of Jesus would impact them so much they were live, willing to give their lives for the cause of Jesus. And he inspired so many. One of the reasons he was able to do that was because the Holy Spirit was empowering him while he was here on earth. He, was, he had chosen to become a man just like you and, and I, a, a human being. And, but because he, uh, he, he was being led by the Holy Spirit, he did some amazing things. And, and he also stayed close to the Father. 
As you read the Gospels, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see that many times he takes time, especially early in the morning, to spend time with the Father. So those are two things that we can take from him. We need to be empowered just as Jesus with the Holy Spirit, and we need to stay close to the Father if you really want to reflect the greatest of all time. Bible tells us that Jesus, the Son of God, becomes a human born of a virgin in Bethlehem. And God the Father demonstrates his immense generosity when he gives up his best. And a, a verse that is well known, John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved. Milton, our brother, just spoke about the love of Jesus. But the Bible tells us that God is love, and for or through that love, for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. And why would God do this? He did it because, uh, because his creation had messed up. His creation messed up. We see Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They disobeyed God, and because of that, they lost their authority and their dominion over earth. Their sin had a consequence, just like your sin and my sin does. There was a punishment, and part of that punishment was death and eventually eternal damnation. God, in his mercy, gives uh, humanity a temporary solution, a way to cancel or cover their sin. And it, it took the blood, a blood of an animal without blemish or without scars, so the Bible tells us that families would go to the temple and they would sacrifice an animal so that that blood that was shed through that animal would give them temporary redemption or temporary forgiveness of sin. That was a temporary solution. Humanity required a final solution. And in order to get that forever final solution, a person, a person with no sin or had, had not, not made any mistakes had to be sacrificed in your place and in my place. And Jesus sent by the Father says, I'll go, I'll go. He steps up to provide you and me with forgiveness. How many can give him glory for that? And in my walk with Jesus, I'm so thankful for that forgiveness that gives me peace, that, that allows me to walk freely. I'm thankful for that forgiveness, but it doesn't stop there. Jesus didn't die just so that you and I would be healed and, and, and forgiven, but he came to earth to also establish government. And that's why he tells the disciples when they ask, how should we pray? He says, we sh you should pray like this, our Father. First time they use the word Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Thy kingdom come. He's talking about government. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can we say that Jesus, Jesus. came to earth to establish a kingdom? government yes so it's just not forgiveness and, and we're so thankful for that but there's more he came to establish government so it wasn't just to provide us a way out of hell but he wanted to provide us a way to live here where he would be king we would honor our president 
whoever that may be, regardless of political party, but we will serve the king. The greatest of all time. The greatest of all time. It's a kingdom where you and I have the opportunity to be adopted uh, into his God's family as sons and daughters. It's a kingdom where as, he be, as you begin to trust him, I need you to hear this. As you begin to trust him, he begins to entrust you. How many want to be entrusted by God? I don't know if that means anything to you, but that means everything. I want, I want God to be able to trust me. But, but in order to do that, I, I need to take some little steps towards him. And as you take steps towards him, he begins to entrust you with a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And as you're doing that, you begin to reflect his glory. Your life begins to reflect his authority. Your life begins to reflect his dominion. And all of a sudden, people do not see you. They begin to see the greatest of all time reflecting through your life. Life, through your walk, through the way you talk, to, through the way you walk in your house, in your neighborhood, in the grocery store, at work. I'm telling you, he just didn't die so we can say I'm saved and I'm thankful for that. But he died so you would say, not only am I saved, but every day that I walk around, his authority, it's inside of me. When I get to work, it's not just me, it's me and my friend. And my friend's so much bigger than me, so much better than me. It's our responsibility, church, that we would begin to reflect him. So... He died and resurrected church so that you and I would establish his kingdom right here in Philadelphia. How many know that Philadelphia needs some of his kingdom? How many know that there's still a lot of people in the city who don't know the king? One of the reasons they don't know the king is, is because church and I, myself included, many times we do not reflect him well. It's a kingdom where the hungry would be fed and the naked would be clothed and the sick would be healed, the dead would be raised and the captives would be set free. It's the model. It's the model that he shared with his disciples. And it's a model that electrified them. And I believe that as we begin to, to show that model through our lives, to, to, through our marriages, through our, through our walk, through our example, to, through the way we, 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 we represent him. I, I believe that it'll electrify the city once again. How many know that God is not done with Philadelphia? There's people around you every single day waiting for you to be the model of his government established here on earth. The Bible says that even in the face of oppositions, his followers moved in authority and faith. You see, his followers, they caught it. They caught the vision and they moved out in the same power of the Holy Spirit. And the kingdom of heaven is a kingdom that invites you to partner. It's not you by yourself. It's the Holy Spirit inviting you to be part of the kingdom. 
He's inviting each and every one of us here to be part of the kingdom. It's a, it's a kingdom that expands your vision. As you surrender your, your dreams to, to him, your, your, his dreams become bigger than your dreams could ever be. It's a kingdom and a government that, that takes off the limits. It's a, it's a kingdom where all of a sudden you have compassion for, for people you never had compassion for. It's a kingdom that, that says it's okay to ask for forgiveness. It's a kingdom that says it's better to give than to receive. It's a kingdom where to live is the greatest of all time. And to die is gain. It's a kingdom where you trade in your dreams and discover God's dreams for your life. It's a kingdom that is free of demonic influences. It's a kingdom that already conquered hell. I don't know about you, but I want to be part of that kingdom. I want to be part of a kingdom that never loses. I want to be a, a kingdom that was established by the blood of Jesus. I want to be a part of a kingdom that will take the city by storm. I want to be a part of a kingdom where men and women would stand up and say, I don't care if nobody else is going to do it. We're going to do it in the name of Jesus, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest of all time. And how did he establish this kingdom? Bible says he was betrayed by one of the people most close to him. They talked about him. They lied about him. They looked down on him. Jesus knows what it is to be betrayed. The Bible says his best friend would deny him. Eventually, soon after, he was arrested even though he was innocent. He endured multiple unlawful trials. And was sentenced to the worst possible death, crucifixion. Before that crucifixion, he was tortured. They pulled his beard off of his face. They spit on him. They mocked him. They beat him. They flogged him with 40 lashes. And they nailed him to a cross. They placed a crown of thorns. And they pushed it into his head. And by the time he was on the cross, he was unrecognizable. It wasn't a pretty sight. It was more like a bloody mess. But on that cross, he was still establishing his kingdom. On that cross, he still gave us the amazing model when he says, Father, forgive them. Forgive them for they, not, they know not what they do. He was being a model even in death. Bible tells us that even on that cross, he was giving people away. He was showing people there was a criminal to his right, there was a criminal to his left. One says, if one of the criminals says, if you're, if you're God, why don't you just get off the cross? And the other criminal, knowing that it was the greatest up there, says, just remember me when you're in paradise. And Jesus, a bloody mess on that cross, looks at him and says, today, today, because you acknowledge me, today you will be in paradise with me. How many know that he keeps, he continues to give us away? He continues to give us away. Even on that cross, he's offering forgiveness, love, eternal life. And the best thing we can do today is acknowledge the king, just like that criminal did. The best thing we can do is draw closer to Jesus. See, Jesus finished strong. He finished strong. He gave his life, and when he was done, the Bible says he cried out, It is finished! 
kingdom is established through blood. Bible says it was an amazing day that day when he died. There was a storm. There was an earthquake. Matthew 27 describes it. It says, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn. The earth shook. Rocks split. Tombs or graves broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. That's how powerful his death was. Bible says they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many. Verse 40, 54 says, one of the centurions or Roman soldiers or Roman officers says, and those who were with him guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened. They were terrified and exclaimed, surely, surely he was the son of God. But it wasn't there. In order to establish his kingdom, he still had to accomplish something. They took his, his dead body and they placed him in a borrowed grave. So he needed a borrowed grave because he wasn't going to be there too long. Bible says that Friday night they put him in there and Saturday night he was, his body was still there. But the Bible tells us that on Sunday morning, Bible tells us that on Sunday morning, an angel came and he rolled back that stone from that grave. This was no ordinary day. This would be the most important day in human history because Jesus still had a mission. The Bible says that he took back his own life. Nobody called him out. He he called himself out. (sighs) Called himself back to life. Bible says in that process of that day uh, on Saturday, he went down to hell and had a conversation with Satan himself. He says, Satan, you took authority when, when my children sinned in the Garden of Eden, but today I take back that authority. You give me the kings of the keys of authority and dominion, and he today offers them to you. He offers them to me so that we too can walk in authority, so that we too can walk in dominion. Church, can we stand in this place the Bible says he would appear at least 10 more times after his resurrection after he resurrected and 40 days later he would leave instructions and he would ascend to heaven He leaves his disciples with a mission. But today we celebrate him. We celebrate him as the greatest of all time. We celebrate him as the king of all ages. We celebrate him as the king of glory, as the Lord of lords. He's the savior. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He continues to supply our needs. He'll guide you. He'll heal you. He'll deliver you. He's the way, the truth, and the life, and his grace is sufficient. His yoke is easy, and his burden is light. He's irresistible, church. He's invincible. You might as well live for him because you can't live without him. He's powerful, he's undeniable. The grave couldn't hold him, and for that reason, we call him king. And I don't know if you've experienced him, but I've experienced him. 
Today, I didn't invite him to be my friend. Today, he invited me to be his friend. And today, he invites you. Today, he invites you. Because my experience with him is, is not sufficient for you. Because you need an experience with him. You need to, you need to get closer to the, to the real goat. The real greatest of all time. The king of kings, the lord of lords, the superior one, the one who always is, the one who always will be. His name is Jesus. Church, can we close our eyes in this place? And Holy Spirit, we honor you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We declare Jesus king. King. And if maybe you've never known him or maybe you've been far from him, when every eye closed, I'm going to make an invitation. He's inviting you. If you know that, you know that, you know that it's time. I'll count to three and you'll raise your hand. If that's you, one, two, three, just raise your hand all over the room. Yes. Church, can we raise our hands with them? We're going to pray with our brothers and our sisters. Repeat after me. Jesus, I need you today more than ever. More than ever. My family needs you. My home needs you. My school needs you. My job needs you. My world needs you. And I want to reflect you. I want to reflect your love, your peace, and your power. So forgive me. Forgive me for all the things that I've done to hurt you and to hurt others. Today, I want to declare myself your son or daughter in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, let's give a hand clap. If you said that prayer and you meant it, we need you to fill out a connect card. And I'll tell you this, you need to join a church. Doesn't have to be this church. Doesn't have to be this church, but you need to gather with some other imperfect people. And you need to grow in his kingdom. And I'll tell you something that when you surrender to Jesus and you, you make it a consistent walk with him, it's the best thing you could ever do. It's the best thing you could ever do. It's the best thing you, I can't even, I can't even start to describe what he's done in my life. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. So in this same spirit, if you need prayer, we do have some powerful intercessors or prayer warriors who would pray with you. Maybe you just need to take a step towards him. So as the worship team sings, I just invite you. I invite you forward. I know there's a lot of people here. So maybe not all of us can make it up here, but, but I, I know some people need to come up. So we open this altar in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.